Hey, this is Mike and John. How's it going? Hello, it's John here. Uh, today is Sunday, March 14th, 2021. Uh, we are here to record a film commentary to the greatest horror movie of all time, The Exorcist. We're going to watch the extended director's cut. Now, for those of you listening, here's how this is going to work. Uh, if you've got The Exorcist on a disc or an app, you're going to hit play, but you're going to mute your TV or your speakers, and then you're going to crank us up and listen to our film commentary, say, like on a, uh, your phone, a tablet, a laptop. So you're going to need two devices, your TV and then something to play this commentary track. So we're going to count down from three, and you hit play. So here we go, The Exorcist. Counting down in three, two, one, play. So John, this is my favorite horror film of all time. Alright. And I think the first time I've seen this, I was young, I had to be like five or six years old, and it Whoa. traumatized the shit out of me. Well yeah, of course. How old were you when you first seen it? I don't really remember, but I assume I might have been somewhere before 10 years old, I guess? Around there? Maybe? No, this movie, was it basically true story, but it was a boy that was that? Yeah. Right? And that was in America or Europe? Yeah, somewhere? no, it was in the States. Uh, I've actually seen... Well, I'll get into that. So... The movie is based on a true story, a true account, something that the Catholic religion, the Vatican, like they acknowledge it, like it was legit, it did happen, a real possession. And supposedly, some people know the guy's real name. It was it happened to a little boy like in the late 40s, early 50s, and I want to say in Mount Rainier, Washington, or no, 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 it was near Washington, D.C., but it also happened in Missouri, right, right outside St. Louis. And the, the house that it happened in St. Louis I've seen in person. I just saw the house from the outside. Oh, nice. And that's been on Ghost Adventures. Oh, cool. Or one of those ghost shows, because they say the house is haunted. Oh, all right, okay. But yet, somehow somebody was able to be possessed while the whole house is full of spirits or Well, Well, when it happened there, they're not sure if it had, if the house had anything to do with it. It was probably just the boy okay. that brought the spirit with him. Because this was all started happening in D.C., I believe, in Georgetown, okay. around there. And then they... They moved the kid to St. Louis and uh, it continued there. No, did uh, he get the spirit to come in just like in a movie by using a Ouija board or, or what, what was that? There's theory that uh, I think there there's some people that claim that it started out with a, a Ouija board. The kid was playing with it by himself, or like an aunt or grandmother showed him how to use it by himself. And if you believe in that kind of thing, then you know you're never supposed to play with one of those by yourself. Right. Because it could leave things open, and you leave yourself open to spirit attachment. So they say. Right. Now, John and I, were huge horror movie fans, and we both know a lot about this film. We're pretty knowledgeable on it. Uh, like I said, it's my favorite film of all time. I think it's the scariest film of all time. And I think it's the best horror film of all time. And yes, it is a horror movie. I don't care what the director, William Friedkin, says. It's a horror movie. So there we have... The character Lancaster Marin, Father Marin, played by Max von Sydow. Uh, I think he was like 40-something 
when they made this, but they put so much makeup on him to look like an old man. It's pretty convincing. I was gonna say, you don't look for it, yeah. And this, uh, this came out in 1973, and no one at that time has ever seen anything like this. Like, it's so fun to watch the reaction videos of people in the movie theaters in the in 73 when this came out and there's people fainting and vomiting and just they're so freaked out because they've never seen anything like this before i would be too oh yeah, yeah. it was rare back in the day right uh just want to point out there's a fun well not really a fun fact but a actual fact that i saw on the documentary on the making of the exorcist that i saw on shutter that I never knew until I saw it. Uh, I will point it out, I believe it's going to be shown here, somewhere around the first half of this film, and it's a very fascinating fact. I will let you guys know what it is when the scene comes. Okay. Real quick, I'm going to tell a story um, that my mom likes to share. When the movie was uh, being nominated for awards at the Oscars, probably in 73, 74, I think it was nominated for Best Sound. And my mom had the Oscars on in the living room. She was doing something in the kitchen, but she could still hear the Oscars down the hall. They were playing just bits from the movie for to nominate it, you know, uh, for Best Sound. They were just playing little bits of audio, and it freaked her out so much. She wasn't even in front of the TV. She was just hearing it. Scared her so much, she called my dad at work and made him come home. See, this is why it's the greatest horror movie of all time. And she read the book when it came out. First it was the novel, then it was the film. She read the book only during the day on like a subway train. Just to be to be around people while she's reading it. Have you read the book? I have. Uh, that's another story I'm going to get into. Uh, probably my favorite book, one of my favorite books. Um, another really fun, interesting fact here. Last year, I was selling autographed items on eBay. I had an autograph book called, uh, oh damn it, I forgot the title. The book was signed by Eileen Dietz, who was Linda Blair's body stunt double in the film. It was a book all about her career, kind of like an autobiography. And I met her a few times, she signed the book for me, to Mike. Well, I put it on eBay for a few dollars, and someone bid on it right away. And then the guy bought it. The guy that bought it on eBay, his name is Michael Blatty. I seen the last name and I was like, no way, Can't, could it be? So I contacted him and I said, hi, you know, uh, thanks for buying my book. Are you by chance related to William Peter Blatty, the author of The Exorcist? Also the guy that wrote the screenplay for the film. And he goes, yeah, I'm his eldest son. I couldn't believe it, I freaked out, I was so overjoyed. I contacted him again, I was like, you know, I'm a fan, this and that, well the guy, ends up sending me a copy of the, the, the book. But it was one of his father's copies signed by his father. So I, I consider myself extremely lucky and we're actually Facebook friends now and uh, really cool dude. Peter came out for Netflix, it was called Veronica or Victoria, it's one of those. And it came out a couple years ago and it's another exorcist film, not related to this, but a whole different you know, story. A Spanish film, right? Right. And same same thing happened. It was a true story, and they, they got scared by using the Luigi at school as three of the girls, and yet only one of them was the one who went to be possessed. Uh, 
very good film. I, I have seen that one. I love it. It, it was pretty good. Okay. That's those are my favorite type of horror movies. If it's anything to do with like paranormal, supernatural, ghosts, possessions, witches, satanic stuff, those are my favorites because growing up as a Catholic, not a Catholic now, but growing up as a Catholic, that kind of shit scared us. That's what they taught us in school and church to be scared of this shit. And that's always stuck with me. But like, you know, your monster movies, your slashers, they're fun, but they're not scary to me. I like ghost stuff. Well, most people like this film to be the best exorcist film. Personally, for me, would be The Exorcism of Emily Rose. For anyone listening, I... Also based on a true story. That's another reason why. The reason I like that movie over Exorcist is not only because of the true story, but it gives the fact, because it's mostly held in court, throughout the whole film and then they go back to show what happened when she was possessed and stuff. But the point of the plot is, is exorcism exist? Is it real? Or is it mental illness or something? And obviously, I believe, I'm Catholic too, I believe there is the devil who was possessed. I believe she was possessed. Therefore, that's why I love the film because it's, you know, gives you what you wonder. Is it fact or fiction? That's the story uh, of the real-life German girl, Annalise Michelle. And uh, if you see the pictures of her, and hear the audio of the exorcism. It's it's out of this world. Yeah. But what it came down to was her parents just stopped feeding her. She was so gaunt and thin and died. You know, malnutrition. Was she she refusing to eat? Is that what the case? I think she was. I mean, they couldn't get control of her. Right. Pretty sad. Another film you should check out is The Omen. Uh, the making of that film is fascinating. A few people have died in real life. A lot of cursed films. That's the documentary show you should check out. Yeah, Omen, Exorcist, Poltergeist. Those are quote-unquote cursed films because of people who died on set making it and people related to the making of the film. Um, I mean, there's like there might be like 20 some odd people that died because of making of The Exorcist. Something like that. People that were related to, like the crew, that all died during the making. I don't recall. So this scene here in Iraq is when Father Mirren first sees the statue of Pazuzu. But we don't know the demon's name until part two of the Exorcist, which is one that. You might want to skip, or you might want to watch. Three is obviously the best of all the sequels. Three, yes. Um, I think it's good because of the writing. It was written and directed by William Peter Blatty, who returned to the franchise. Why is Pazuzu having a wrecked PB? I will never understand. I think it's a snake. (laughs) It is? But it could just be he's excited. uh, (laughs) Nah, I'd say it's a snake. I hope so. Yeah. Hey, man, if you're a demon from hell, don't you want to be well hung? Well, it depends who you're screwing. Hey, man, <laughs> Humans. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that, that's basically Chicago. Yeah. Okay, now here it is, folks. Georgetown. This is, like, an unholy Mecca pilgrimage, I think, for a lot of horror fans. Someday I gotta go and see the stairs, the stairs yes. and the house. Uh, plus, if you're around D.C., all the great museums and stuff like that. Uh, 
Although, well, what happened last year in D.C. with uh, the Capitol building, you don't want to be around that shit. And here we have Alan Burstein, who plays Chris McNeil. Uh, I've met a few cast members, and she's one I would still love to meet. She's still alive, so I'd definitely like to meet her. I also have met Linda Blair, the star of the film, and of course Eileen Dietz. Yes, she, uh, in the film, she, like I said, body stunt double. So for some scenes they couldn't do it because Linda was underage. She was a minor when they made this. They used Eileen Dietz, who was probably maybe like 1920, but looked very young, and, and she's a short woman. So uh, they used her, you know, as a body stunt double. But yeah, she is the, the face that pops up later in the film that is Captain Howdy, a.k.a. Pazuzu. And uh, I have the tattoo on my arm. And when I met Eileen Dietz, she actually signed my arm, but I didn't get her name tattooed. <laughs> Robert, what's it called? Uh, what's the story? Later in the film, you hear Linda Blair's character, Reagan, um, showing her mom how to use that Ouija board. And she just names the person she's talking to as Captain Howdy. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, those Twisted Sister fans will recognize that song. So why did they chose Georgetown as a filming location? Instead of well, like the book? I think that's where, I mean, please fans, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's where William Peter Blatty went to school and when he first heard about the possessed boy and um, that's maybe, I think, where the actual case happened. It was definitely East Coast, and I want to say it, it happened around D.C. Look at that beautiful artwork. Now, there is a small cameo. There's William Peter Blatty on the right there. Uh, that's his cameo. And his son, Michael, who I was speaking of earlier, he also has a cameo in the film, too. He's just in the crowd as an extra. There's the character Burke Dennings, the filmmaker. Oh, actually, we should, from the audience here, we're watching the extended director's cut, not the regular version of this film. So if you have that version, that's the one we should be watching. Yeah, with the extended cut, there's deleted scenes that have been thrown back into the film. Oh, okay. And that's pretty much it. But the, the, the most well-known deleted scene is what everybody loves and that's what we're watching because we want to we just want to cover that if you haven't seen it one of Alan Burstyn's finest pieces of work Requiem for a Dream oh such a classic that movie should be shown in every single school across the nation as a warning to never do drugs uh, really really good movie So here we are, the actor Jason Miller plays Father Karras, Father Damien Karras. Jason Miller, great actor, you might recognize him as the coach from Rudy. And do you know who his son is? 
Jason Patrick. No way. Yeah, wow. that's his son. Lost Boys. Yeah. Yep, the Lost Boys. That's just, that's by the university, I believe. <laughs> Teamsters! Ah, here we go. Beautiful song by British artist, Prague rock legend. Mike Oldfield. The song is called Tubular Bells. It's one of the few retails I use on my phone during Halloween season just to get in the spirit. I forget the actress's name, but uh, the actress that plays the uh, nanny, she was in a film with Al Pacino where they played heroin addicts uh, in a park in New York. Pre-Exorcist, it was made in the early 70s and it's some of Pacino's best stuff. Kitty something? There's Linda Blair, 12 years old. Was any of the actors nominated for an Oscar? Wasn't she maybe or no? Yeah, I want to say she was nominated. She may have won. Same with Ellen Burstein. I think she was probably nominated. It, went, it did win a ton of awards. Another is why it's a great sport. You don't see a lot of horror films, obviously, since then, to be then nominated by the Academy. so hot, yeah. but that first season was amazing. The oh. scene where Gina Davis uh, admits to the priest, she yes. says, I'm Reagan McNeil. Oh, that was, that was like, blew my, you know, head off. That was so good. Very true. It's funny that it happened again, but it happened to a daughter. It's like, already, you know, yeah. some traits there.
thing I found fascinating about season two is that the books who were possessed, they were going to let them out in free world. And I was really curious to know what. It's another question I thought about yeah. myself. Because every time when a person's possessed, they always yeah. stay inside the house. What would they do if you let them out in public? You know, do they have powers? Are they going to kill people? And what would they do? That's they did on that show. They did on that show. <laughs> they did, yeah. But if it happened for real life, as much as I hate to admit it, I would like to see what, what they do. People would just probably look the other way and say, oh, that guy's crazy. say that's Greek they're speaking, Karis, sounds like a Greek name, that could be a bottle of Uzo, feta cheese, yeah, I'm saying, and there's olives, they're Greek, they're Greek. Jason Miller went on to do a lot of theater. Uh, I don't know of too many films that he was in besides Rudy and, and this. Well, he, of course, he was in Exorcist 3. Just, or I mean, I guess you could throw it out. 
your best bet is just to give it to someone and tell them, keep it. I will tell you a crazy Ouija board story. When I was a teenager, I went to a garage sale. Someone had a Fisher Price Ouija board they were selling. Fisher Price made them. Oh yeah. So I bought it for like, I don't know, three bucks. This is when I was a teenager. I held on to this thing for years. Barely touched it. I want to say 2010, 11, I was dating this girl just for like a little while. And she noticed it sitting on my shelf collecting dust. I mean, there were layers of dust on this thing because I just I didn't touch it for years. You know, me being such a big horror movie fan, you think maybe I'd be more active on it. I never touched it. So she takes it home. She's, she asked me, can I have it? I was like, yeah, keep it. She takes it home. A few days later, she tells me she's talking to her grandma. Whoever she was contacting knew everything about her personal stuff that she's never told anyone. This thing knew. I told her, I was like, you keep that effing board and just don't bring, don't bring it back here. But then again, she was messing with it uh, on her own by herself, which you're not supposed to do. If you're the superstitious type. Talked about the origins of the person who created the that goes back probably over a hundred years ago, man. Really? They called them spirit boards back then. Oh, right. I mean, probably into the 1800s, that's when people started using them. Psychics and mediums, uh, they would mess with them and it carried on. But I remember back in the day, you could go into pretty much like any like coffee house and just find them there, laying around. People would just leave them or they were just stockpiled at coffee houses. Again, if you're listening to this and you're also viewing this, this video, we're not supposed to be, we're meant not to be seen. I have a piece of tape over the camera lens. This is, we're only doing this as an audio, audio commentary track. So you don't want to see our ugly mugs. Just listen to our sweet, sultry voices. Now here's a great trivia question. What song and artist is this, John? Uh, I, I'm, I'm very aware of the song, but I don't remember who sang it. It's Ramblin' Man by the Almond Brothers. Oh, right, right, yes. I always quiz people on that to see if they're paying attention, and they never get it. <laughs> similarities between the real true account and the film there isn't that many if you ever get the chance to read or listen to the priest's journal of what really went down 
they do mention some pretty crazy supernatural shit that that happened. Voices. Uh, I think there was a levitation or two, maybe a few. Strange occurrences that were not normal. Okay, here's the house that I gotta see someday. The exterior. The house still exists. It's still there, and it's right next to the stairs. Yeah, I bet you can Google Earth it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. Or if you're ever in Georgetown, go see it. Oh, yeah. There's a plaque on the wall next to the stairs that says The Exorcist Stairs. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like a, a city landmark. Oh, yeah, of course. It should be. or separated I think they in, in the story I think they're separated well I am not a parent but you figure if you're a father and you're from Italy or not wherever you are and you just find out your daughter's possessed with a demon and yet you never bother showing up to, in, in person well that's the thing again. I don't think they, in the film they never touched on it again they just they mentioned maybe they asked her later on in the film where's the husband and then she says not around, we're separated. That's the only mention of the father for the rest of the film. Uh, like, okay, here's another thing we haven't talked about yet. Supposedly, this year, they are re they're filming right now an Exorcist remake, which I think is completely dumb. It's gonna fall flat on its face. It's gonna bomb. You can never recreate a masterpiece, and this film is a masterpiece. It's gonna suck. It's gonna be a shitty remake, but to make it interesting, they should probably touch on the father some more. You know, yes. another character. Change the story. Yeah. The thing about remakes, they always like to choose the classics. If they it has to be an origin story. You right. don't need that shit. Um, you really don't. I mean, if you want a movie to be remade, it should be movies that failed when they first came out that are not that good and yeah. make it better. That yes. makes more sense. Yes. Don't touch the credit kid, which still angers me. Oh, they're, well, they did. Number one, the box office. Yeah. Why? Oh, disturbing. They should have called that movie The Kung Fu Kid. It would have been huge. Kung Fu, China, Karate, Japan, Okinawa. Why is it called Karate Kid? <laughs> the kid was doing Kung Fu. What's funny, I mean, in the remake, he was the size of a small kid. Obviously, the original, he's a teenager, so that was a little difference. But still. Yeah, but those Chinese kids that he's fighting in the movie look like they're at least 18, 19, 20 years old and they're beating the shit out of the little right. <laughs> Will yeah. Smith's kid. she got possessed in this movie, which I don't want to know. All I know is that it happens, and it's fucking scary. Like, there's theories that um, 
one of the house guests that are at this party that, that's happening soon in the film, they brought that head, that uh, Pazuzu's head, the little statue that came from Iraq. Somehow they got a hold of it. Because you find it at the bottom of this... I'm spoiling the film right now. Later on in the movie, there is a detective, and at the bottom of the stairs, he finds Pazuzu's head. There's a theory that someone brought that to the party, and does ask Reagan, or she was messing around with that Ouija board. But they don't come out and say how it happened. Which is fine, because I don't want to know. Not, all these things don't need to be explained to enjoy the film. I thought it was Luigi that was the possession. It's a theory. That's weird. I mean, they, like, you'll, if you watch the movie, you'd never figure out how it happened. I remember one rumor I heard years ago claiming that they believe it was a spirit that was flying in the air that went through her window because notice when she was sleeping, first heard that noise in the attic, she checks the daughter's bedroom and her window was open. Someone said a line that it was a theory of a spirit of the demon inside that window, it's, cold air, and all that stuff. I mean, why not? It's a, that's a wild fan yeah. theory. Why not? Right. Well, you don't see that every day. Imagine buying that at a convention. <laughs> Someone's got to make that, you know? Ugh, I want to buy it. This is pre-COVID right here, so yeah. it's we your vaccination to stop you from demon possession. Ladies and gentlemen, Pazuzu. Captain Howdy. No, that image of that Pazuzu, is that what the demon actually looks like in hell? Or whatever, something? What's the, like, you know, yeah. the difference? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's what, that's what it is. Or it's, it's her version of it, what it looks like to her. Right. How it prevents, uh, presents itself to her. But that's the beauty of the scare in this film. If you show it for a long time, it kind of loses its, you know, scariness. If you show it the glimpse, it makes it more scary. Now, that wasn't in the original version. That's a that's a new scene. Well, I thought they showed her face in the original. That face. They do, but later on. Right. Father Karras is dreaming. Yes. He sees his mother in the subway. Yeah. And then the face pops up. Right. That's in the original film. Right. one of those. It's coming next week.
a woman says that to you, you're in trouble. <laughs> Jason Miller again, Father Karras. He's inside the institution. Fortunately, his mother is there. that he's back in the, uh, while well, he's in the mental institution visiting his mother. It's a pretty graphic scene. That's one thing about this movie, the long-lasting effect it has on you after watching it. Well, that's another thing. When you watch a movie over several times, you eventually notice a couple of new things that you never noticed before. Absolutely. That's the beauty of watching film. They don't really, it's not really explained. Like, he, you hear him talking with his uncle, you hear him talking with the other priest about, you know, she's all alone. And I think he, he had it done just to, it was, it was the best thing for her, maybe, but of course, she doesn't see it that way. She's old, you know, back then people didn't really know what dementia and Alzheimer's were, or they didn't have a great understanding of it. But that could have been it. I'm sure they did, yeah. Well, that, that would be the more logical place to put her in, stuff of mental work. That's kind of messed mm. up. They're poor. Like, you, you hear the uncle talk about, like, this costs money. Oh, uh, right. They're, they're poor. I mean, the average salary of a Catholic priest back in the 70s, I have no idea, but probably not a lot. The weird thing about getting a priest to be able to help someone... Uh, get the devil out of you is that they can't do it without permission and yes. that's kind of picky the Vatican well, yeah the Vatican has to approve it it's not that easy for some some have denied like we're not doing well, it well they I think what you know what does make sense they got to make sure that it is what it is if they if they send say someone like a psychiatric a psychiatrist or a psychologist to examine the person and they say no he's not possessed he's just crazy or he's just depressed 
the Vatican's not gonna look into it unless there's proof of like supernatural or something paranormal happening. I mean, that's what you hear, right. you know, with documentaries and stuff like that, that they have, everything has to be approved. Now, but that is one thing I find super fascinating, how the Vatican ha has everything secret. They teach exorcists all over the world, like, a few times a year, come to the Vatican, come to Italy, come to Rome, learn, and then go out and do it. But it's supposed to be all secret and hidden, like, they don't want the public knowing about this. This fall down, stupid, blind, drunk. Of course, I'm Irish. <laughs> well, not often, though. I mean, I'm older. I'm no better, but yeah, I've had my share, my times. Perhaps picking them up or something, right? At this moment. They don't really explain, but again, fan theories, that one of these people is an astronaut. Chris McNeil is a famous actress, and she's rubbing elbows with who's who, and one of these guys is an astronaut. When Linda Blair comes down and says the line, you're all going to die up there, is she referring to her bedroom or outer space? Is she speaking to the astronaut? Your juice, Shelby. You know that one? No. <laughs> Still Magnolias. Oh, man. You are more of a movie lover than I am. 
begins. It begins. What? You put the quarter in wrong. <laughs> Damn. I was going to say waterbed, but uh, yeah, that's better. That's actually better. shake a bed like that. Yeah, no Just want to say. Shivas Regal blended scotch whiskey. Good stuff. eyes, man. He looks like he's, he's looking right at you. With a uh, stained glass behind him. He also does look like your average type of priest, you know? He looks yeah. Like... He, he looks very ethnic. Yes, very much.
Chicago causes it. Yeah. Everybody asks, what's what's Chicago famous for? Oh, it's pizza. You know, it's uh, oh, the culture is so diverse. What they leave out is the crime, corruption, the murder capital of the country. Probably, you know, there's a lot of cities say that about themselves, but Chicago truly is. And the gangbangers, no one ever wants to mention. Lovely. Oh yeah, let's not forget the high taxes. Okay, you see this man with the beard in the left of the scene. Uh -huh. If I'm correct, that guy uh, killed uh, his uh, gay lover. Uh, no, I. No, it was on the Curse Film documentary, you and know, he said it was I, a real-life serial killer. I think I have heard this before. Serial? Well, I don't know if he killed more than once, or, or I'm not sure, but that's, I know this is the guy. This is the fun fact I was telling you. Okay. The guy with the beard is the one. And I don't know if it happened. I think it was after the film. Probably. And then it was in the news. But I do remember, I do remember hearing about that. What, 73, you said? 73. And the sequel came out, what year was that? Um, she was older, obviously. Yeah, I think, was it 80? 81? I think you're right, yeah. Uh, we're referring to Actresses Part 2, The Heretic. Which, again, you know, most people hate the film, they shit on it, but I, I enjoy parts of it. Number one, Linda Blair looked beautiful in she the really movie. Did. She really uh, did. She grew up to be a beautiful woman. But, uh, the scenes where, well, I, you know what, I really like the ending. They go back to the house, and she's battling like her doppelganger, and when the house starts falling apart, and uh, the nanny character is uh, sets herself on fire, that, I mean, part two's kind of wild. I never saw it. you never seen part two? Well, oh. the fact that no, nobody likes it, therefore I ain't gonna watch it. Oh no, do yourself a favor, man. You, you, I mean, you, sometimes you gotta be a completist. And all you gotta right. see everything. You gotta yeah. see them all. That one you should at least see once. Speaking of sequels, actually, I think the last one, maybe? It was the prequel or something? Yeah, they, the did, <laughs> they did two prequels. Two prequels, yes. It's supposed the to be medium. the same movie, but they made two of them. Was it Dominion or something? Dominion, Dominion. and then the other one is uh, called The Beginning. Right. And, what's the difference between them two prequels? Well, um, production quality. <laughs> okay. And, uh, Both aren't great, but the one the one I'd say at the beginning, directed by uh, Rennie Harlan, is better than, I think it was Paul Schrader who did Dominion. Uh, he was the original guy. They, I think we're in the middle of making it, Everything got canceled, he got fired, and then they got Rennie Harlan to come in and make a whole new film with the same actor, uh, Stellar Skarsgård, who played Father Mirror. Now, one of those made the theater, the other one didn't, I think? Well, yeah, the Dominion was straight to DVD, and uh, I remember seeing the beginning in the theaters, and 
it, it's a cool ending. I'll give it that. Okay. I like the ending. Like a continuation almost? I never seen no. That. I mean, it's it's young Father Marin when he first encounters right. Pazuzu. Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine. <laughs> so here we go. This is uh, some of the greatest special effects of that era. Especially the hair and makeup done by Dick Smith, who was a huge influence on Tom Savini. Did you know that? Oh. Yeah, Dick Smith was a effects, special effects uh, makeup guy, legend in his field. And he wrote books. And that's how Savini learned a lot of his craft. This is just exercise she's doing. She's just That's doing right. like a yoga exercise. It's a, it's, it's an ab workout. It is. It's good for the abs. And then the throat. It's not a tumor. Your throat gets sore afterwards. So. Keep away the sow is mine. Why can't I find a woman like that? <laughs> Okay, that's sucks. controversial, John, because she's 12 in this movie. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying, as, as a woman, saying, fuck me, John, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I guess oh, so. You know? <laughs> Let's see, I think it's It's just nerves. <laughs> Someone put on Slayer. Uh, yeah. She came right off the bed. She was body surfing in her own yeah, bedroom. Crowd right. surfing, yeah. Very skilled athlete. Workout. like talking to her explaining things to her it's like it's dark you know it's serious well, I mean, this is probably the best example of a serious right. horror film that explains about the film how it's beginning but i mean this guy is refusing to see what he's seen this woman this girl is doing things that are not normal a human being cannot do that he's denying it well he's trying to well either that or he's just doing his job as a doctor and trying to make some logical medical sense of it all there's an explanation for everything that he's seen according to him it's true crack cocaine <laughs> there was a, a 
something I saw on Facebook yesterday. I had to post it. It says, if you're like in the ghetto area and you see a, a crackhead riding a bike, you just yell out, is that my fucking bike? <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be scared of run right away. They take off running. Oh, man, I saw that. rises again. <laughs> That's scary as hell. I don't care what you say. Like, well, what's scary? The lights? Did you, did you see what happened? Oh, no. Oh, the captain showed up again. Oh, okay. But she does look like cold air. Well, if you were paying attention, all the cops and crowd outside, they were gathering around character Burke Dennings, the filmmaker, the drunk. In the story, he was babysitting her. He was in her room. She's possessed. She turns his head completely around and threw him out the window. And that's the body that's down the stairs that everybody was gathering around. Coming up in a, like a minute or two is a deleted scene that they added back in here. It's called the spider walk scene. There are two different versions of it. First one, she glides down the stairs very slowly and spits blood. In the second version, she goes down real fast, turns around, her tongue shoots out like a snake, and then she starts to attack the nanny on all fours. But the one they added back into this is the one where she goes slow. Is that the player who does the spider walk? I think they used her and a, a stunt double. That's really creative, to be honest.
I just was not added to the original I will never go. I know, I got it, like, the, the hairs are raising on the back of my neck right now. Look at the blood in your mouth, but uh, I must have skipped that or something. Another thing they changed from the original version, when the doctor is asking her to like ask who it is, the spirit is, she turns and looks at him, and in the original version, she says nothing, she just looks at him and then attacks him. In the new version, she grunts and her face changes, and then she attacks the guy. Did you say this version is better than the original, or the opposite? I think these added scenes that they threw in are scary as hell. I, I enjoy them. Nothing beats the first one, but I think the best way to enjoy this film, you gotta read the book first. And I mean, because you already have in your imagination what everything looks like, how it went down. Right. But then when you see it on film, it's it blows your mind. Well, don't forget that meme we saw in basement where it goes. Uh, if you go to sleep comfortably after watching a horror movie, you are clearly a psychopath. That's we us. are psychopaths. Yeah, that's right. Because it doesn't bother us. It, I mean, when I was younger, it, it sure did, but I loved it. Right. You breath stink? how the skin deteriorates a little and changes. Oh, wow. Woo, got goosebumps. Did she try to bite his people? No, she grabbed him. Her hand? Yeah, oh, yeah. Her mouth. No, she grabbed him. You can see her hand moving. Oh. Squeezed his nuts. <laughs> so here we have the detective... I think his name is Kinderman. And I forget the actor's name. Did a brilliant job with this film. He is the main character in Exorcist 3 Legion. Played by uh, Walter C. Scott. Oh, I've never knew that. Yeah. But the detective ones. Kinderman, yeah. It's a Frank Sinatra song.
in the original film, I don't think they had that heavy synth. The sound? Oh, yeah, right. I think yeah. that was added. That's true. a lot of balls to agree to want to remake this film. I would, if I was the director, I would never do it. I, I wouldn't mean, touch if it, it. If it flops, you're you're a joke for the rest of your life. Your career is done. But if they pick someone who's very well known, who's got a couple of great horror films underneath his belt, they might actually pull something off. But I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's gonna have to be so freaking great to top it or to give it any type of justice or honor. I don't see that happening. I hope it does. You just don't, there's I mean, no need for there's, it. There's this pre-CGI. This is 1972 when they made it. Right. That's even before Star Wars, man. There's this yeah. pre-CGI. Yeah. Real effects. Practical effects. Yeah. If the, in the remake, this could be all CGI garbage. Well, if you think about it, technically in the 70s, that's horror horror genre started became becoming popular. Look at all the classics. Exorcist. Uh, Chainsaw, which was what? 76? 74. 74. Uh, Halloween was 78. Yeah. All the best genres uh, or all the best, you know, horror films came in the 70s. Where obviously are now sequels to franchises. Yeah, the franchises started back then for sure. Yeah. I mean, there were some horror films before that for sure. But what I think you're referring to is when the genre really started kicking yes. off and they started to see that these movies make money and, and there's some fandom behind them was probably the 70s. Yeah. In the 80s, as we all know, is when the, that was the that's best when the real, That's when the money came in for Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I mean, people were desperate. They were making some well, It was the Wild West back then. Oh, yeah. You could make anything in the 80s. Yeah. Now it's all about sharks and cornfields superhero movies and remakes that's all America has going for it so well, as far as yeah, films it's sad because you look at action films from the 90s and 2000s and there was a couple of traditional unknown comic book movies that I still like like Shadow or Rocketeer but uh, like action films were like you know original stories they were not dressing in costumes and now you don't see a lot of those good action films as much you know True. it's all those uh, superhero stuff 80, I like 80s was guns and explosions, uh, and then 
that got turned up to 11 uh, in the 90s. Remember how big like The Rock was? Con Air, Michael Bay films. Oh, Michael. it once don't worry about the sequels there's no real reason to go back and watch these films again it's, uh, it's it was a, the I, I don't like CGI give me the guy in the rubber suit and I'm happy yeah you know that's why I like that new film called Psycho Corbin oh that was great they they go to the old school great great yes. you know monsters that was great. there was some CGI but not really that exactly little girl much was so funny. She was funny, she yeah. Was hilarious. Really good actress. That's the kind of horror movies that we're missing in the It was a good comedy too. It was a horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. I won't be shocked if they if they turn out to a franchise. I would watch it. That's if they're good. what I was talking about earlier. The detective is looking around. You'll see what he finds at the bottom of the stairs. Maybe the director had that little head in his pocket. You'll see what I'm talking about in a second. That's not the same stairs that the movie The Joker was filmed in on one scene, is it? Because it's very like... No. Oh, I so. Those were definitely wider. Right.
watches, the chandelier, it's vintage. Have you ever heard the song, Who the Hell Was in My Room Last Night by the Butthole Surfers? No. Great song. Really? Yes. Found out about that band the same way I found out about most bands, Beavis and Butthead. Uh, I discovered so much music by watching that show. Speaking of them, uh, you heard they're going to come up with a sequel, a movie. They are doing a new movie, yeah. Okay. On Paramount Plus, I think. Why bring them back? Nostalgia, I guess. Uh, Mike Judge needs a paycheck or something. Yeah. Was never a King of the Hill fan. Same here. Didn't get into it. But I have, I have seen every single Beavis and Butthead episode. Multiple times. Man. Wait a minute. Butthole Surfers? Did I get that right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, here comes a insane scene in a few seconds here. Rock and roll, folks. Here we go. She's really hurt right there. <laughs> so real quick, let's talk about the voice. Yeah. Do you know who was the... Uh, who did the voice of the demon? No. Old actress, her name was Mercedes McCambridge. Okay. Supposedly, the director got her drunk. Oh, and smoking cigarettes or something? And smoked cigarettes, right. so the yes. voice was raspy and recorded her doing the lines.
one hell of a shiner. You know, the scene that we're going to eventually see coming up of the priest outside of the house looks at it just like it is in the poster. That's not for a while. But right. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Is, was that the cinematographer's idea or the director's for that image? Well, that's a good it's question. A awesome, great image. Were the lights With shining the light. out the window onto the, the priest? priest? Yes. It could have been a combination of both. Who knows? That's a good question, though. But, I mean, how iconic would it be to stand there where Max von Sydow stood and look at the house? I gotta go there. You gotta, you gotta recreate that photo. Oh, you for sure. I'll find a photo. black jacket, a black hat like that, and... Yes. Yeah. You don't need reface for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Max von Sydow, Swedish guy. I believe he just died recently, a couple days ago. No, he, he died a few years back. Oh, a few years ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was an old man. I mean, oh, he was yeah. in one. He was in one of the latest Star Wars films. Right. Yeah. Um, old Swedish actor. He's known for, if you know your old Swedish film history, Ingmar Berman. Uh, he made a film called The Virgin Spring, and I want to say Last House on the Left is based off of that film. It was like a remake then, maybe. Maybe a, tr a tribute honoring it. Okay. Uh, but Max von Sydow was in Ingmar Berman's films, and I believe he was in The Rites of Spring. He was in The Flash, right? The villain? Yeah, he yeah. was Ming the Merciless. Yeah. In Flash Gordon. So that character is based in Oriental, if I'm correct, right? A Asian, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you say Oriental, you're describing a rug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> That's true. Right. Now, at this point, how do you not want to quit your job, noticing that you got to take care of this demon and 
know. Are you talking about the butler or the priest? The butler. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd be out of there too. Yeah. Hello, Reagan. They'd be like, I don't get paid enough for this. Ooh, she's pretty. Wow. The eyes. The eyes always got me. Right, That's rest, Mercedes yeah. McCambridge. Bulgar display of power. The best Pantera album of all time. Second puke yeah. was Eileen yeah. Dietz. Yeah. Oh, really? Why? They just used her for different scenes like that, and she comes up more a lot uh, later on during the final, the finality of the film. There's a scene where she's uh, Reagan's on the bed, and you see the shadow of Pazuzu, and that's uh, Eileen. The scene where she was. Doing, you know what, with the, the crucifix, the legs, okay. was Eileen. Uh, I hope so. I yeah. We were trouble to do that. Yeah. Well, shit, freaking made Linda Blair do crazy shit that was probably illegal now in Hollywood oh, yeah. with, with the unions and everything. Yeah. Like, you can't, how do you even make a film like this again? Well, you know, even that makeup is still convincing to this day. It's still creepy. Yeah. Uh, though I still, personally, I believe the, the, the movie The Nun that came a couple years ago. Yeah. That face scares me more than this. No, it was, it was cool looking. It was, it was cool looking. It was. What makes the film, I think, scary for most people is if you're religious, namely Catholic. Yes. Because all you're taught, let's let's call it down the middle here, folks. All you're taught in Catholic grade school, high school, is to be afraid of this kind of shit. They shove it down your neck. You're going to hell. You know, you're going to burn in hell. And... As a curious little Catholic kid, I, all I wanted to know was about well, what's the devil like? What does he do? <laughs> you know? And this, well, I believe this... he's dating uh, so Saddam Hussein. That's <laughs> right. He's Saddam's bitch. So he's bitch. busy in this gay uh, relationship with Saddam Hussein. Oh, God. No, that's all I know. I can change. I can change. <laughs> 
we're on the topic of Catholicism, uh, I, I, I don't really like the fact that they said, they teach us that if you, you know, suicide is a sin and you go to hell by killing yourself. That doesn't seem fair to me. Like, it's, you know what I mean? I mean, again, despite whatever you think of the Catholic religion, the Catholic Church, does anything they say make sense? This life doesn't make sense. Yeah, right now. Living in Chicago, why are we not moving out of the state? I don't even know. Uh, people are, city. Man. You watch these uh, YouTube videos of, of people, like statistics, why people are leaving Illinois oh, in general. Yeah. Many reasons. I mean, if you had to pick a uh, top five, then what would be number one? I'm going to go with taxes. I mean, if you think about it, it costs so much, you know, and it keeps getting worse and worse. It affects me. People who live outside of Chicago, but still in Illinois, don't experience the same thing that people that live in Chicago do. Right. These, are, these are bad experiences. Is this a new scene, Mike? I don't recall this. Well, maybe. But when he first learns about uh, what's being said on the recording he made, that, that's in the original film. When's the last time you've been to a mess? Years. Me too. Just years. I can't remember. I'm guessing. Growing up, were you were you forced to go by your parents? Oh yeah, every Sunday. Yep. Every Sunday we always go to church. Yeah. They stopped going when I went to college, junior college. So we were looking at early 2000s. I stopped going, I think, when I started going to high school because we would go to Mass at high school like once every couple of weeks, something like that. I heard that uh, a lot of people stop going to church now because of the like, accusations of priests. And, uh, well, they've definitely it's... lost a lot of followers. That's technically power. She technically has to be able to unleash the, the ropes from her wrist, if you think about it, feet. You know, you think it would do something. Uh, yeah.
was at a friend's wedding um, 20 years ago, and uh, I have a friend who's also a big fan of horror, and he doesn't go to church. And when he was in church for the wedding, I was reenacting the scene on him, saying, the Father of Christ compels you, and he goes, it burns, it burns! <laughs> and every time I see the scene, I think of that moment. Now that we're watching this on a Blu-ray? Does that point me better picture quality or something? Is it yeah, do you think it's better quality? Can you does it look faker because you could see how pure it is with the Blu-ray? It looks a little better. A so little. for those of you who are listening here, we're watching the Blu-ray on my 4K Blu-ray player with my 4K HDMI cable on my 4K TV. It looks amazing. It sounds awesome. But you could really see, like the facial, like the quality of like her face. You can see the pores on her face. So when you look at Linda Blair's makeup, you can tell it's makeup. Yeah. But like, if, let's say we were watching this off a VHS tape, <laughs> it would look it would look real as hell. VHS. There's still huge collectors out there. They watch them every day. They spend tons of money collecting old VHS tapes. I read recently that the Disney old tapes are cost a lot. Like Beauty and Beast was selling for over a thousand dollars for the VHS. I did see that on those claims on on like Facebook uh, a couple years ago. I think it was all completely false. Supposedly there was some like golden diamond edition of uh, some films like right. like I said Beauty and Beast. Yeah. They may be worth a little bit more because of whatever special feature might be on it or whatever. But the claims of it being thousands of dollars, I think that's all fake news. Right, right away I, I would start calling people. Actually, I think I called my wife and I was like, "Do you have these DVDs?" Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's make some cha-ching. I gotta be honest, uh, Ellen Burns uh, looks really good. With her hairstyle looks a little different. She looks a little, a little cute here. Might have still makeup in the eye, but you know what I mean. She's a natural redhead. Do you speak it? Right. Do you remember the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous? Like, yes. Died? Yeah. Remember the Asian 
family uh, adopted a white daughter. Yes. And in the, the daughter was speaking Japanese. She goes, speak English, you stupid little retard. <laughs> that was, you know what? That's a funny movie. That I, is a great I, movie. I saw that in the theaters, and I just remember, like, Kirstie Alley yelling at, uh, oh, who, who was uh, the, the, fat, the fat funny guy from Mad TV? Oh, yeah, I can't uh, so that actor, he's in it, yeah. and he's he's kind of like slow, and yeah. he, she's yelling at him like, yeah. "Oh, get away from me, you fat, ugly, retard!" <laughs> My favorite quote in that film is when, uh, oh, what was it? Yeah, when the lead character Kirsten Dunst's aunt uh, talks about Christy Alley's being family being the rich of the whole town, and says it's front page news, and one of them takes a shit. That line always cracks me up to this day. I don't know why. It's just she was the best part of that whole movie. Like they're at that one of the computer conventions, and she gives these people staring at her for some weird reason, give middle fingers, says, "Take a photo of this and last longer." And I'm like, "That's pure class, right?" I there. haven't seen that one in years. Oh, man. dude, I, a- I saw the theater too. I think it was limited at the time. Funny movie. Oh, this seems awesome. Help me! Help me! Help me! Are you that me? No, in all honesty, why did they look at the, the stomach? I mean, was there a noise? I mean, it doesn't really... They could have been cleaning or something. Oh, right, okay. Just notice it. If you were a hardcore fan, you would have that tattooed on your stomach. Right? Help me? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you remember the old wrestler, Al Snow? Yeah, of course, yeah. With, and, a, with and, that? Where he used to write, help me, on his forehead? Yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's awesome. It kind of reminds me of uh, the awful Suicide Squad of Joker who has damage on his forehead. No. Jesus. Uh-oh. Leslie Nielsen, Repossessed. Oh, yes. God, I yes. love that movie. Oh, you know, I gotta watch that this week. I haven't seen that in years. Hilarious. I believe it's the Zucker Brothers, the same guys that did the oh, Naked really? Gun. Nice. Yeah. 
funny, funny, funny movie. And starring Linda Blair. Yeah, as the exorcist. Well, as... Or the demon, yeah. Uh, yeah. The possessed lady. God, it's been years. Funny. I hope I funny can find movie. it. Raunchy. Just, I mean, Leslie Nielsen at, at his best. You know, speaking of that, uh, I think it's one of the scary movie sequels. I don't remember which one. At the beginning, you see... Uh, Oh, it's James Woods. James Woods. <laughs> like, get this demon out of you. And you see flies and he's just taking a shed. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, he, he walks in, she spins her head around. He's like, fuck <laughs> this and walks out. He walks out. It's classic. Uh, Sadly, that was probably the only funny scene of all. Yeah. Oh, the, that, was, that was great. James Woods. Where has he been? He's so underrated. He's busy uh, talking politics on Twitter lately, oh. I guess. Fantastic. Okay, here is the scene that made the cover of film, Father Marin exits the cab, stands outside the house. That light post, I think, is still there. And the house with the gate, I think it's a, a wooden fence now, instead of a raw iron gate. She knows. Those eyes, she man. Knows. God. Yeah. You can tell now radio just like that still uses it um they use the i think they recorded a cow oh yeah that makes sense same 
only be one Highlander. remaking the fly but the AM86 version remake and they said the reason we want to make this film to make it different than the 186 is you never saw the fly fly I'm like oh uh, okay true right he just kind of jumped and stuck to the wall what? and that's it yeah uh, now that there uh, that's a rare case right there the 86 version far surpassed the original film blob 88 yeah. Mm -hmm. Got a little corny. Yeah, yeah. But you had Shawnee Smith. Oh. Yeah. She'd be like, babe, have me You know? She's just that kid with kid. That's all she is. Swing! Swing! We're so 90s kids. soup right there. Again, yeah. Actually, that one kind of looks like cream of chicken. <laughs> Have you ever read The Rites of Exorcism? No. Oh, it's some wild stuff. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how experienced you are uh, with your Bible reading, but 
the rites of exorcism. It's kind of hard to find too, because okay. it's its own book. I think. Okay. I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to read once. How many pages are we, like, same as Bible, or? It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot, it's a lot. Really? I would imagine so. It's been a while since I've read it. It's the secret of the ooze. Yeah, Now take this, won't you? Throw that in the wash. So you've seen my poster in the basement, right? Yeah. That poster is this doll. Right, I know, yeah. A lot of people look at that, they think it's actually Linda Blair. It's the doll that they use in the film, because you can see the line on the neck, where it's the robot spitting its, spitting oh, its head. Wow. It's the doll wow. that's in the poster. Great job of makeup, though. There you go. John Landis to film 
Thriller. Thriller. Yeah. And you got uh, Werewolf Mask. Rick Baker yeah. to do the makeup. Right, yeah. And Michael's Werewolf, it looks like a big cat. It does look like But it's awesome good. looking. It is good though. Yeah. It's Rick Baker. It's yeah. like the In fact, he did um, an early Landis film, maybe? I want to say he did all of Coming to America. No, I'm thinking of a movie that came out in the 60s or 70s. It was like a Sasquatch comedy horror movie. It was one of his first films he did for makeup. John Landis? Or Rick Baker you're talking about? Both. Oh. I believe. It was called, like, Schlock or something. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I think there is a film called Schlock. Right, I think Rick Baker did makeup. That's one of his first films he ever did. Huh. I think that's like a werewolf, I mean, a, a Bigfoot movie or Miller time with Jason Miller. Yeah. Drinks around me, I guess. Lunch break. Everybody take a coffee. We got 15 minutes. Pills are good. Pills are good. Put it in your mouth. That's right. It's from Double Dumber, folks. <laughs> this part always freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. This to me would be the freakiest thing in the movie, in my opinion. It's just eerie.
some of those added sound effects are new.
don't know. I mean, they're so territorial. Like that's why people pick them up all the time and carry them because yeah. they, I mean, they're, they're ankle biters. Yeah. But if you own a pit bull or have been around them, you'll see that they're, they can be super gentle, great with kids, great with people. It's not the breed, people. It's the person that owns the dog that can make it bad. Don't hate the breed. Hate the game. Yeah. Oh, Father Marin. No. As you see, obviously, folks, demon is unscrapped, unstrapped, unstrapped. So you think she would want to run out of the house or get away from the room. But she doesn't. mother again. Uh, that is amazing, Max. Woo! Swan dive. Talk about acting, man. Jason wow. Miller. Yep, that was a stuntman. Well, I mean, imagine <laughs> No, some bum off the street. We need you to jump over. I think that guy, he broke bones oh, doing, doing that scene. Doing that stunt. something that's more truer to the book. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty true to the book. Okay, that's good, yeah. But if it was, like, spot on, page right. by page, word by word, that would be pretty cool. So, pay attention to the priest's hand. It moved. No, no, no. The other priest's hand. Okay. You're going to see it shake story about his hand shaking before they filmed this scene William Freak the director walked up to him I heard open story. hand slapped him in the face That's right, and yes. said action and I then he just that. he just went in and did the scene but That's he was right. so frazzled and shaken that's his nerves making his hand shake like that yeah. freaking a sadistic son of a bitch man I heard like he would fire guns in the air and hit and say action just to get everybody like that startled yeah. look on their face on camera. I know he's not the only director that's done something like that. No, but I mean that's that's pretty controversial. Like that, you, you couldn't do that these days. No. He's almost kind of a guerrilla filmmaker. Like uh, his film, The French Connection, that famous car scene, the the, the chase. Mm -hmm. They didn't have permits to do that. That's all real. Like them just going super fast through you know, uh, underneath the train and everything like that. They had no permits. They just did it. And if people were in the way, if cars were in the way, oh well. 
That's crazy. Who's the director who did Q the Serpent? What is it? What's the name of the director who made Q the Serpent? That oh, uh, Larry Cohen. There was a documentary. Gorilla filmmaker yes, right there. exactly. For sure. The stuff he did, he, you know, we're talking about in the 80s and 70s. He got away with a lot of stuff that oh, yeah. now you can never do. Right. That's the beauty of watching the, those films. Yeah. You, they can't be legal. 36 and Prospect. No, that it's a there's a saint on the metal. That was Father Karras's and if you recall in the dream it, it was falling and then yeah. he, he dropped it again when he was beating the shit out of Pazuzu. Okay. She pulled it off of him when he was like strangling and punching her. Talking about movies? Yeah. yeah. That's it's the same character. Right, yeah. No. 
did he die in real life? That's why they recast him? Probably, was... because Legion was made okay. in 90, 90, I think. 1990? Yeah. I think he was probably passed on. But he, he's supposed to be an old guy in this first one, so George C. Scott... What did I call him earlier? Walter Scott? Who the hell is that? George C. Scott was an old guy when they made it. Right. All right, folks, so there it is. The Exorcist, my favorite film of all time. What'd you think? Uh, I like it better than the original. Just... Oh, the original version? Yeah. The extended director's cut, yeah. I, th I think that's probably the best way to watch the movie. Well, thanks for listening, folks. And, uh... We'll see you around. Take it easy.